Hello and welcome to the Creative Chat, presented by the Destination Imagination Alumni Council. I'm Michael Russell. In each episode of this podcast, we talk with alumni of the Destination Imagination Challenge experience about how they use creativity and problem solving in their everyday life and career. We'll also explore how Destination Imagination helps shape their lives into what they are today. Destination Imagination is a global educational nonprofit dedicated to inspiring the next generation of innovators, leaders, and creative problem solvers. Through the challenge experience, students solve one of six different open-ended STEAM-based challenges that build upon the skills they learn in the classroom. In just a moment, we'll be joined by Amanda Tipton, a 13-year alumnus from Denver, Colorado, who's now a professional photographer. Amanda, welcome to the Creative Chat. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. For everyone listening to know, we know each other. We've done photography work together uh, at Global Finals. That's how um, I got to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and those of us that do this uh, on some sort of regular basis, some like you well more than others, um, know how difficult it actually is to do kind of professional photography work. Like a lot of people think photography work is pretty easy. We all have a camera in our pockets and our phone. Um, So the first thing I really would love for you to help all of our listeners understand is what it's actually like to be a professional photographer. Sure. Um, Well, yeah, a lot of people think that, especially, you know, my, my professional photography career in particular sounds, um, it is very cool. And it sounds very cool, but that doesn't mean that I am doing the thing that is cool all of the time. Mm-hmm. So I primarily work with arts organizations, which means that I you know, work for the Colorado Symphony, Central City Opera, a couple of ballet companies, places like that. Um, and so I am spending my time taking pictures at places where other people are spending their free time. So it seems like this you know, cool job where you get to go you know, be at all these fun things which is true. And that is a small percentage of the time that I actually spend working. Mm -hmm. So um, a a lot of my time is spent editing. A lot of my time is spent um, prepping for various jobs and, you know, talking with these organizations and being a detective about what kind of things they need taken um, to really showcase their, their organization. Um, I work with a lot of dancers too, and that means that a lot of my time is spent setting up equipment and taking down equipment and putting an entire studio's worth of equipment into a Ford Fiesta and getting that around town. <laughs> and um, so it's a very physical job. Um, I'm if I'm Sam shooting at the at the symphony, I'm I'm walking a, a huge huge concert hall um, in the dark quietly. Um, you know, running from, from sneakily through back areas, uh, while <clears throat> all the while carrying about 25 pounds of gear. Um, so, so several thousand dollars worth of, yeah, wait, know, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's imperative when running around sneakily in the dark in, in back, you know, hallways and whatnot that I do not trip and fall uh, mm-hmm. upon said thousand dollars, dollars, thousands of dollars of, of gear. So yeah, it's um, it also means that um, I am working when everybody else is off. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, uh, you know, I, I used to be, my, my degree is actually in technical theater. Um, I was a costume designer. And so I, I've spent most of my life um, getting dressed in all black to go work on the weekends. Um, and that's basically still what I do is <laughs> get dressed in all black to go um, run around in the dark at the symphony. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a lot more than just, you know, putting a camera up to your face and mm-hmm. taking pictures. It's um, it's it's not just, I mean, the the. Um, intense amount of editing that goes into it, but also it's, you know, being understanding the people around you and you Mm -hmm. yourself in a situation. And how am I, how am I changing the situation by my presence? And, you know, how do I talk with this dancer to get the best lines out of her and, you know, and manage people's insecurities about having their picture taken. And there's a lot. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I can go on. I don't, that's probably plenty. (laughs) I mean, we'll get into, you kind of touched on everything that I want to dive into more, but before we get into some of that too, it's, I think um, there's so many different places to go in photography let typically you find photographers that are like specialized in one kind of track because there's so many different ways to go mm-hmm. and how so how did you fall into doing kind of dan- dancer photography in general because that's you need to with a dancer you need to also be able to show movement and life and what they're doing it's not you know a static yeah. headshot yeah. so much so what made you gravitate toward doing that kind of photography um well so like i said my my background's in technical theater and so I, you know, um, and then my, uh, my family is a family of photographers. My mom is also a professional photographer. Um, my grandfather, uh, taught photography at a local college mm. and my great grandparents owned a camera store in California. Oh, wow. So we've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. In your blood. <laughs> so, yes. So it was it, just a, a very natural, um, marriage of those two, uh, parts of my life to, to be in, um, in, in the arts world. Um, and you know, the, the skills that I can bring to artists because, um, you know, it's, it's just really important for these arts organizations to not only be able to pro- promote themselves, but also to have, um, you know, a, a record of, of what these, these shows look like and, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that. And so that sort of naturally morphed into working one-on-one with dancers um, because when I'm doing event photography, I have everything in that event that I need to funnel down and make art out of. So it's an, it's a external to internal process, but when I'm working with a dancer in the studio, it's an internal to external process. How can the two of us together collaborate to, you know, what kind of costumes are we going to use? What kind of lighting are we going to use? What kind of props or sets or, or whatever. And so it's, um, it's nice to use that other side of my brain to yeah. like think of how I want to, you know, what, what we want to show together and how we can express that together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, dance photography is really, really hard. Um, there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, I just, I, I would love to do that. It's, 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 but it's, um, I think what's important to me about the fact that it's hard is that it's constantly a challenge. And Mm -hmm. so it's a space where you can constantly be growing and learning and, 
um, you know, the, the, the longer you do any career, the more you're looking for those ways to grow and change and mm-hmm. um, grow your art. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I always think uh, when I've done photography work for at, at Global Finals, mm-hmm. it's always about to me, how can I challenge myself by finding a different way to capture the story mm-hmm. of the event? Yeah. Um, and be creative that way. So it's, I don't, I don't want to capture the same shot every year. None of us, I think a lot of us as photographers, we don't want to capture the same thing. We want to tell a new story. Right. And, and you have to marry that with, you know, how can I, uh, how, how can I, um, engage my creative brain, but also how can I still get my client what they need, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Um, you know, so I, I really like the detective work of event photography and sorting out, you know, when we're at globals, it's like, okay, how can I both help DI show what we do and help this sponsor show that, you know, that, that they were there and they were helping DI so that they'll come back and sponsor DI again. Right. Like, yeah. um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, um, compete, not, not necessarily competing, but, um, there's just a lot of things to, a lot of narratives to keep in mind. Yes. And, and, you know, I don't want to, uh, um, you know, I don't want to start to burn out on this. Um, and so one of those narratives, I guess, for lack of a better word is, you know, how, how can I feed my, my creativity as well? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I think it's, um, I think it's, I I've struggled always to help people understand like why it's so different when you have, you know, a $5,000 piece of equipment in your hand, the camera makes a lot of difference. But the, the thing that I think really sets really good professional photographers apart, which is something that I'm always amazed you're able to do is how you're able to frame a shot and, and take that split second of time and tell something that is so compelling, um, that, the a lot of people with their you can get a pretty awesome looking photo with your phone but there's just something so different about no having the right eye for it it's something that's really hard to teach yeah i think yeah i don't know i mean i think that everybody's got their own eye their own right so it's Mm -hmm. developing that in yourself because the way you see something and the way i see something they're just inherently going to be different it's like how you and i can cook the same recipe and they're still going to taste like your cooking, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think that, so, so to kind of go into what you were talking about in a couple of mm. spaces here, um, the first being like, does the, does the equipment matter? Um, and to some extent it does, um, mm-hmm. you know, like for example, my, my mirrorless ca- camera is completely silent, which is a right. thing that I need when I am sneaking around the symphony and mm-hmm. there's 7,000 people listening to one violinist and they will all look at me and be mad if I make a huge noise. <laughs> um, you know, um, but at the same time, I also think that like the best camera is the one you have with you. Um, and it's okay to not always rely on you know, the, the, the things that the fancy pants camera can do for you. Like sometimes mm-hmm. the cell phone is the camera you have with you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes how, having less control is a better thing. Yes. Um, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't travel when I go on vacation, I don't bring my camera with me. Um, because I would feel like I'm at work <laughs> not mm-hmm. on vacation. So yeah, you, you know, figuring out how to, 
um, still tell that story with a different piece of equipment. Um, you know, every once in a while I get really mad at an event when somebody comes up to me and says like, Oh, your camera takes such nice pictures. And I would be like, Oh, your oven makes such good food. Like it's not, it's a tool. It's not, you know, yeah. Um, it's, it's a thing that helps, but it is not the thing that's doing the thing. Right. Um, I, I think that's the appropriate way to, you, you said it there, that it's a tool to accomplish the task. There are a variety of different options to use as tools yes. in the camera body, in the lens, in a, a camera on a phone. You know, there's all these different options. It all comes down to what story are you trying to tell or what image are you trying to capture? Yeah, exactly. Which leads nicely into the other point that you were um, bringing up of, about like um, telling that story. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I um, would attend some uh, photography workshops um, and we'd get together and critique each other's images, it always impressed me. One of the, the guys would talk about, you know, who is the author of this photo this photograph? Um, mm. The author of the, this photograph is saying this and that and the other thing. And the author of this photograph framed it in this way, but always using that as opposed to photographer. Um, and it's funny, it came up. I, I also shoot for a writer's group and uh, they were, they were using that metaphor backwards the other day. They were talking about the openings of stories and uh, this, this gentleman who's presenting to this group. So I'm sitting there like avidly listening and trying to photograph at the same time, yep. right? Um, <laughs> is talking about like, how how a photographer works and how therefore a an author works in terms of however you um whatever point of view you bring whatever uh you know when you take i don't know i'm I'm currently editing a ballet that's got five thousand photos right and i'm right. going to turn around 300 pictures to them yep. and so in the process of doing that i'm in the process of editing things things down i'm also choosing a point of view and also choosing what i think is important and you're it's basically a, a giant funnel where you're taking everything in the world i mean i could take infinite pictures in the room i'm sitting in right now right mm -hmm. um so you're taking every possibility and funneling it down into this one frame yeah or it's hundred of frames and you're choosing one frame right um so that it's a it's the same way that an author could write anything right you literally when you've got a blank page in front of you it's not like you've got a budget. It's not like a Marvel movie where they're like, well, no, I'm sorry. We don't have the you know, <laughs> can't do explosions, right? No, because yeah. it's just your imagination that's going to, you know, so you have to funnel everything down into the story you want to tell. So we covered a lot there. So let's step back for a second from all that um, okay. and talk more about I, I'm curious of all the different events and kind of photography you've done and dancers you've shot and places you've been, what are some of the, your favorite memories from doing it? Whether it was an event you were at that you were, you know, what kind of like your most proud photos, if you can try to describe even Ooh. some of those. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. that's, that's difficult. Uh, cause mm. the most proud photos are like, you don't, you know, this, this, uh, so it's, it's, it's difficult to talk about like your most proud photos because uh, honestly, like the things that 
make me proud of them, somebody who's looking at the picture would never know. Like they'd right. never know that we spent, you know, an hour trying to get that kid to stop crying. And then, you know, we got that one smile and we were like, yes, right. it's, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's less for me about like a particular moment or a particular event that, you know, I, I mean, there's definitely been things that are like, Oh, this is super cool. I mean, it's hard to, you know, uh, turn your nose up at like, it was super cool to take pictures of Yo-Yo Ma at Red Rocks. Like that mm. was pretty awesome. Like, yeah. I'm not, you know. <laughs> but but it's that's not that's not the sustaining thing. The sustaining uh, proudness or the sustaining excitement is is getting into that flow state and really mm-hmm. feeling like this is working. Okay, we're we're pulling together, you know, super cool things for this dancer, or that idea is is coming together, um, and it's you know we're we're really getting our takeaway together for this shot, or mm-hmm. you know. Um, I I didn't know that they were going to present flowers to this person at this event, but I happened to be in the right space <laughs> at the right time right, right. I'm, because I'm feeling in tune with the event. And so I'm feeling like my detective brain is really on and I'm, mm-hmm. you know. There, there is something that at, when you're phot- photographing an event where there, there is that if you're really into it, you kind of know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm without mm-hmm. being there yep. that is just so crazy to me that if I'm, you know, I find that sometimes still when I'm sitting and watching it, but if I have a camera in my hand and I'm trying to really pay attention to what's happening, it's just crazy how mm-hmm. like in tune you can be with something. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's not any one person, right? It's an organism at that point, mm-hmm. like you're in tune with an event. I don't know how to explain that, but yeah, it's that, uh, it's definitely a, feeling very in the moment, feeling very like when I'm shooting a ballet and I'm shooting like a a dress rehearsal, like Mm -hmm. it almost feels like dancing with them. Um, Mm. because I know I, you know, I feel the, okay, now the lift is going to come here and then they're going to, you know, go upstage. Right. And I I don't know. It just feels like you're kind of going along with and, and instead of fighting against it or trying too hard. I don't, I don't know if that helps to explain what I mean, but. You know, I, uh, I'm maybe not the right person to say yes or no, because I, <laughs> I do know what you mean because I've done it myself. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but um, what, what would you say for someone who wants to become a professional photographer? What, where would you point them in the direction of going? Or what would you have them do to see if this is what they really want to do all the time? Um, so I would, my, my first piece of advice always is that photographers take pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should do that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like trite and silly a little, right. But, um, it's not a career that has a lot of gatekeepers, honestly, mm-hmm. like, um, you just have to practice and you just have to do it. Um, you know, if, you know, I would say some, some things that, you know, if you, especially if you're looking at event photography and that sort of thing, there are plenty of places that need somebody to volunteer, mm-hmm. you know, nonprofits that, um, can always use you know, that, that time and attention, excuse me. Um, and, uh, that will also give you an idea of if you like the part of photography, that's not just 
taking pictures mm -hmm. um, because you will then have to look at all of those pictures again and edit them and, you know, get into the process of working with clients and, um, you know, to kind of give you more of a taste of what it, what the career looks like as opposed to just what the act of being a photographer looks like. Yep. Um, yeah. I think DI is a great place to put your foot in that since, you know, the majority of our listeners are alum. It's like, get, get with your affiliate and be like, Hey, I want to take photos at a tournament. Um, ho hoping we have in-person tournaments this spring. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But that's, I mean, that's how I really started doing a lot more photography work is, is doing it that way. And then getting lucky enough to be able to go to globals as well and do it there. So it mm -hmm. is just, you know, cause I don't, I don't think, we go to globals and we're there for four or five days and we get like six hours of sleep if we're lucky a night and yeah. we need to love what we're doing because we're not getting paid. So, right. um, if you can do that, then you're going to love it when you get paid and work like only eight hours a day. So, uh, number one, uh, I don't know that I always work only eight hours a day. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> because that's the other thing. If you really want to explore this as a career, right? Like it's not your, it's not a standard you know, eight to five, like mm -hmm. you have to also know if you like, um, being an entrepreneur and, mm -hmm. um, if you are, uh, you know, I, I was listening to a, it was probably an NPR interview with a sculptor and I, it, I, I don't remember what her name was, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but she, they were talking about that, like that adage of, uh, if you, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And she, um, <laughs> in stronger terms that than I will use right now, said basically that is baloney. Mm. If you mm -hmm. love what you do, you will work twice as hard. Yes, because there's there there's more intentionality there. There's more. You're trying to grow. You're trying to um, you're trying to get better. You're trying to, you care more about the, you know, it's not just something you turn off and you go mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also the problem of like, you know, uh, I might not have a ton of work in November cause that's not a big, um, you know, photography month out here, but then, you know, December rolls around and it's nutcracker season. And, you know, I've seen the nutcracker 10 and a half times and, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> And, and then it's not, then it's, um, then it's more like working at global finals mm -hmm. and I wish someone would cook me food like they do at global finals. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the very <laughs> nice things about shooting out there is we don't That's have right. to worry about, you know, eating or, uh, we do get, we do get fed. That's true. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we don't have to cook it ourselves. It's just magically there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, We've had a, a wide ranging conversation here over a lot of different things. And I will touch on that. I typically ask a direct question about the skills we learn in DI around creativity, okay. collaboration, critical thinking, and how that's successful for your job. But I think we covered all of that um, mm -hmm. without explicitly asking those questions, that they're all very much there um, and is very important to being successful. This is not just to get started, it is just pick up your camera and go shoot. But to do this full time, it is a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so let's roll into our instant finish. Okay. Let's now actually talk about your time in DI. You were 13 years and you pointed out that this this 13 years don't include any years from competing in college. No. Which 
I think is incredibly impressive. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it just makes me a huge nerd. Is really yeah. all it makes. <laughs> <laughs> I think the important to, to me, it's like anyone who hits double digits. I'm really proud of the fact that I was able to do ten years in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think double digits and more is just incredible to be in it for that whole time. So you have a whole breadth of experience in DI to answer these five questions with. So this first one for you. So in 10 words or less, and I will count, what is your favorite DI experience? Oh, gosh. Um, hmm. Okay, I'm going to go with recent instead of because that's what I can think of. Mm -hmm. Um, So coaching rising stars through the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. It was an adventure. Yeah. Kindergarten or well, first graders and kindergartners. No. Yes. First graders mm-hmm. and kindergartners on zoom. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, it was, uh, um, so I, I coached my nose, my niece's team and, uh, it just was, uh, I think important for all of us to have that uh, time together and to have mm-hmm. that, um, uh, to have DI continue and, um, to, to try to make something out of nothing. And like we all were doing through the pandemic. Yeah. So. And I'm sure you also got a incredibly, um, correct appreciation for what educators had to deal with. Holy cow. As well. <laughs> Holy cow. I only had, you know, like uh, an hour a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, uh, what was the coolest skill you learned in DI? Mm, mm, mm-hmm. So coolest for sheer, Hey, I can do that. Um, now, uh, is probably soldering and wiring things up. Mm, that's yeah. pr- I don't know but, how to solder. So, um, yeah, we made a whole like copper wire sculpture business. Uh, yeah, it was uh, functional, like, you know, put balls through the copper wire sculpture. It turned things on and that's cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun. Hmm. Don't try to solder hangers um, because they are a different metal and you will just burn yourself. Oh, good um, to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We learned, we all learned something today. <laughs> um, so next though, I want to know in your opinion, what's the best material for an instant challenge? Ooh. Um, well, the, the most desirable material for instant challenge is always the mailing labels, um, which I completely disagree with everybody who says that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know if the mailing labels were different in New Hampshire or something, but I hated (laughs) mailing labels. They never stuck. They always fell off. They just didn't work. (laughs) Oh, my rising stars will cut each other to get access to mailing labels. Um, I think that the, um, the, the best materials though, that like the most under underused, the most underrated material is coffee filters. There's so many things you can do with Mm. coffee filters and they're, and they're like consistent. So you'd think that the the writers would use them more often, but the, the very rarely do coffee filters show up on the. Yeah. I'm trying to think through. Uh, like if there's any incident challenge I can remember with a coffee filter and I can't really, but it is, it's like paper, but it's not paper. Uh So yeah, it's got a different sort of tensile quality to it. So Mm -hmm. you can like stick stuff through it and it'll stay. And, um, yeah, yeah. And you can make coffee with it, which is really important. It's true. 
It's true. <laughs> so uh, during your time in DI, who was your biggest fan? Oh, my dad. 100%. Mm. My dad was our, our coach for all 13 years. Yep. Um, yeah. And uh, my parents are still involved in, in DI. Um, uh, I kind of uh, drug everyone into the program. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say kicking and screaming, but, you know, I was a kindergartner, so what, they did not know what they were getting into. <laughs> um, my mom uh, has been a regional director for, uh, I can't even tell you how long. I, she's mm-hmm. sort of stepped back from that, but is, is still doing a lot. My dad still does the state award ceremonies and, and does, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff for the program. Um, so we're, my family is in it a hundred percent since it. 1986. So <laughs> not to age myself. <laughs> uh, all right. So last question of the instant finish, explain your DI experience using only three words. <laughs> I would say, rewarding community and fun okay i'm not gonna let you elaborate okay (laughs) let's just go with those three (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll leave it for later um but for now if people want to follow along with you in your journey uh and see some of your incredible photography work uh where can they do that um my instagram is probably the best place to um uh, see what I am doing. And that is Amanda Tipton photography. Um, and Tipton is T I P T O N. Um, there's some pretty awesome stuff there. You should all go take a look anyway. Um, well, Amanda, thanks so much for coming on the creative chat. It's been, uh, an awfully engaging photography conversation that people are either going to find incredibly interesting or think that we're too much in the weeds. Uh, Well, absolutely. I uh, appreciate you all having me. This has been the Creative Chat, presented by the Destination Imagination Alumni Council. This episode has been produced by me, Michael Russell. Additional help and support was provided by the dedicated members of the Alumni Council's Alumni Committee, working to engage and inspire you, the individual alum, and the alumni community as a whole to add value and growth opportunities in your post-competitive DI life. You can visit us online at destinationimagination.org. You can find us on Facebook at Destination Imagination AAP, on Instagram at DI Alumni, and on Twitter at DI underscore alumni. You can send us your questions or comments at council at dihq.org. For all of us at the DI Alumni Council, thanks for listening. Stay creative, and we'll chat with you next time.